Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. We're going to be uh, starting in Exodus 32. And as uh, we looked at last week in you know, Moses, this was Exodus 33, and you know, interacting with the Lord and with God and saying, hey, uh, please come with us. He said, okay, he goes, I want to see, show me your glory, show me the fullness of who you are. And he says, you can't, but I can show you just the backside of my glory. And the whole point being um, that the magnitude of God's goodness and his love um, should have an effect on us, right, as revealed through his Holy Spirit. And even then, we're, we're getting a glimpse. And one way to begin to fuel the spirit that is within us is to know more about God's love and to exercise God's love. Now, um, as that happens, hopefully we become more and more acquainted with God and Jesus through his Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit's revelation and leading is more tangible. This is the whole focus of this series, is that what is in us, the Holy Spirit has a purpose, has a function that God designed, the third person of the Trinity that has a very, very particular job. And it's for believers, it's for us to walk in a way that is a reflection of Jesus and to do what maybe we don't think we can do, but can through the Spirit, one of those being love. Now, We're going to go to Exodus 32. We're going to go to uh, the account where, well, they accidentally made an idol. (laughs) Now, last week, I had a total brain flub. I meant to say one thing, but then I said swine. I don't know why I said swine and not calf. But anyway, I realized afterwards, I'm like, I said swine. Well, someone said, well, maybe you're thinking bovine. That's it. That's totally what it is, because I always say bovine. I never say cow. Look at those bovines. This is one tasty bovine. Anyway, now, let's read this. Now, when the people saw that Moses, what's that word? Say it again. Who likes delays? Coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron and he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a golden calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. That escalated quickly. (laughs) Reading it, I'm like, okay, Wow, sinners, how could they do that, right? How could they, as a group, I mean, there's a lot of them, like lots. How could they all of a sudden come to this understanding that they needed an idol, that they needed something else? 
that they needed to revert back to what they understood, you know, based on what their upbringing was in Egypt, the type of pagan worship and the idol worship that was there, that existed there. Because, I mean, these, think about it. Think about, first of all, what they had to mentally, in a way, forget. Okay? Let me just tell you a few things that happened before they even got to Mount Sinai. Well, he sent the ten plagues, right? Which eventually softened, not even, well, Pharaoh's heart, broke him, which paved the way for their... Deliverance, right? Um, then he parted the Red Sea. Then he destroyed the Egyptian army that was coming after them with that same sea. Then he led them visibly through his presence, cloud by day, fire by night, something. There it is. We can see God's with us. Uh, then they were hungry and they were complaining, so he gave them manna, bread from heaven every morning. Hmm, miracle. Uh, then when they complained about that, then he provided quail, miraculously. Uh, then they were thirsty, so he gave them water from a rock. And then he rested his presence on top of Mount Sinai, which was a site. So, Moses' delay all of a sudden creates a frenzy to the point where they're like, we need an idol. We need comfort. We need security. We need to have something familiar so we can have confidence again so that we can continue on in our journey to the promised land. Because here we are in the middle of nowhere. Who knows what happened to Moses? So we got to take matters into our own hand. So let's look at this. To them, it was a delay. If you look at Exodus 24, 18, it says Moses was up there 40 days. It's a long time. Now, by God's perspective, it wasn't a delay. So God's perspective during that 40 days was that he was, well, affirming his covenant with his people. He was establishing the law. He was giving instructions on the tabernacle, how to build it, what it was to look like, the Ark of the Covenant, and every important aspect of their worship to their God that would separate them This was a good thing that was happening. And it was taking time. But (laughs) their perspective was very different. Because remember, because of his delay. See, this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction to one incident. It's not like Moses came down and just like insulted them. Hey, you losers. No. This was... An event. This was a frame of mind. This was a decision that happened, I believe, over the course of these 40 days because they had a lot of time to think, right? And Moses was their voice. Moses was the one that communicated with God and then spoke instructions. He was the spokesperson. Even though Moses had help from elders and from Aaron, he was the primary. He was the one that would hear and then deliver. So there wasn't, they were missing that voice. They didn't know what was happening. They even said, we do not know what has become of him. So, picture them just in this camp and waiting and not knowing. You know, this is for, they don't know the end of the story, right? Who's, again, who's good with delay? (laughs) 
Who would say that sometimes delay can reveal how patient we are? Who would say maybe they grew a little impatient, and then when we grow impatient, our mind starts to go crazy? See, they done lost their minds. They done lost their minds. But I believe for this to spread through all the camp, it, this is how I picture it, right? Because let's just say it's eight days in. No Moses. They're still in the camp. They don't really know what's going on, right? And just, maybe there's two guys. Where's Moses? I don't know. Uh, you know what? I never, I don't think he really likes us. I know, I get that. I think maybe he left. Possible. And I know he didn't like you, so that's, that would really be. <laughs> and they wait a few more days. Maybe another week goes by. Now it's like, now there's a bigger group. <laughs> so Moses, I'm pretty sure, has deserted us. Or he's dead. But the fact is, he ain't coming back. I know it. I know it right here. You're right. Why is this taking so long? It shouldn't take this long, right? And then they start speculating and speculating and speculating and speculating. And then it becomes anxiety and fear. And all of a sudden they start talking and talking and talking. And then it spreads and spreads. And next thing you know, it's like, we need, an, we need a God to lead us into the promised land because Moses ain't coming back. We don't know what's happened to him, what's become of him. So we need to build and form something we're familiar with so that we can now go. You see, they lost their mind. And in the absence of instruction, it just, it just, it went. And I tell you, I might have been one that joined the club. Again, they don't know the end of the story. They're in this, but yet they're coming up out, out of bondage. They have old habits. They have old knowledge. They have a lot of old understanding. And so, all right, well, we need some God. So we need something if we're going to move and go forward. So they, they got it completely wrong. And then I get to see it's, it, <laughs> this mob approaches Aaron and said, we need an idol. Aaron sees this and says, okay. Why? Because he didn't want to be slaughtered. He didn't know what to do. And so then his mind is like, okay, problem solve, problem solve. You know, let's not take some time and think about this. Impatience, right? Okay, oh, no, no, we need to, oh, okay, we'll make it. Don't me your earrings, da 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 right? Now, delay was the root. It says so. Delay was the root. Guess what? God wasn't delayed. God knew what was happening. They didn't. Who would ever say you've been in a season of your life where God just seemed absent? Like, all right, I've been in this long enough. Where are you? Where are you? I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. Where are you? And then you start to get worried about this potential of whatever it is that you're facing. And then your mind starts to go, blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden you're doing things that you can't believe you're doing, but you're reverting back, right? You're reverting back to old systems. And then all of a sudden God shows up. You're like, Ugh. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't try to control the narrative. I wish, you know, there's a lot of things. Impatience is a very dangerous thing. 
Now, I want you to see something. Exodus 32, 7. This is why Moses is still up on the mountain. He goes, and the Lord said to Moses, go, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have what? Who corrupted? Wasn't an outside influence. Wasn't another nation coming in. They corrupted themselves. Why? Because Moses was delayed. What? After all that they have seen? This is how powerful impatience can be. They corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Think what he's saying. Over a period of 40 days, they turned aside quickly. 40 days to us could be a long time. To God, it's like, it's nothing. Because he knows what he's doing. Quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. It was their own influence. Started because of a perceived delay. Now, I'm going to read to you a few verses here that I think are some of the funniest in all of Scripture. Because once we're caught, once we all of a sudden realize that our actions were born out of impatience and anxiety and, you know, worry, and then all of a sudden God shows up, it just, we just, it just, there's no excuse, but sometimes we try to make it, we just, it makes us dumb. Right? It can make us a little, we can realize that or not realize that and continue to make excuses or say stuff to justify it, right? And I don't want us to be there. Because watch what Aaron says, Moses' right-hand man. Moses came down, broke the tablets because he was angry at what he saw. And so Aaron said, don't let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil, not me. Okay, you left. I had to deal with this mob. For they said to me, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And so I said to them, well, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and this calf came out. <laughs> I don't know how. It was a miracle. Just there it was. It was a bovine. <laughs> It just happened. I don't know how. Who's ever said that to the Lord? It just happened. I don't, I don't know how it happened. I mean, that to me is one of the funniest accounts <laughs> in all of Scripture. Talk about showing the humanity. That's why I love the Bible. It doesn't sugarcoat anything. I just threw the gold in. <gasps> it's a cow. He lost his mind. So, I think, and I know that what the people needed was the correct mindset. Right? They didn't bail and leave, right? They, they kind of stayed, and they stayed, but it, what was happening here, that was really the problem. 
Galatians 5.22. Now let's talk about this. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit within us is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, okay? Some translations say patience, but it's misleading because there's actually two different types of patience. And if you don't realize that, you're missing a huge truth of who is in you, okay? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there is so much law. There is no, there is no law, and uh, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and crazy thoughts. Long-suffering. I like that word because that's what delay can feel like, right? That's what long seasons of difficulty can feel. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. Now, what we need to know, again, that is very different from then just patience. Because everybody can exert patience. You don't have to have the Holy Spirit to be patient, but let's look at Colossians 1.9 first. He goes, For this reason, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Okay, so what's the difference? Patience really means, it means to stay under a heavy load. is to not throw it off. It's not, it's not to try to escape, but to stay under it no matter how uncomfortable. That's patience. You know, that's what we can exert without any Holy Spirit. You know, some of us are patient. But long-suffering now, it's the mindset. It's the mindset. It's the frame of mind. It's the attitude of the mind that produces godly patience. It's the right thinking. Because we could fake patience. We can be patient, but it's not the good patience. Example, grocery store. Long line at the checkout. I could look patient. Right? It's waiting, you know, okay. I could look patient. I'm not trying to escape. I'm not jumping out of line. But in my mind, I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? Are they paying with pennies? What is, are they paying with a check? What is happening? Why is this taking so long? What is happening? Maybe just me. The frame of mind is very different from what I'm showing, right? And sometimes, eventually, this is demonstrated <laughs> through my actions. <laughs> but this is why God separates it. Because this is ultimately the problem, right? 
what you're thinking about during the delay, what you're thinking about and dwelling on and speculating about can either make that time purposeful or just absolute agony. And waiting in line is agony. And it never will not be agony. No, I shouldn't say that. But we have to know that, yes, we could stay in difficult circumstances and we can stay under it. We can say a lot of stuff verbally out loud that sounds like we're being very godly in it. But in our minds, man, we're full of doubt, we're full of fear, we're full of worry, we're full of anger, we're full of a lot of stuff. And eventually, if unguarded, that can roll into some actions that are not in line with the will of God. And next thing you know, you are making a golden calf because you need something, right? So long-suffering is the gift of the Spirit. It's what we can't produce in flesh because that long-suffering is produced by the truth and wisdom of the knowledge of God, right? Without that knowledge, without that revelation, without that wisdom, your mind is unguarded and it's given over to itself. That this goes back to old ways. And so patience is not effective because you're just waiting. But thinking a lot of horrible things and not being transformed. Now, how do we fan into flame this long suffering? What happens when we're in that line? <laughs> Acting one way but feeling another. How do we, and I'm not saying you practice this in line, whatever. But in line, there may be opportunities to be. Uh, but you can see, no matter what kind of delay, small or there may be opportunities. Okay, I have to realize that too. <laughs> How do you fan into flame this, this knowledge, this, this long suffering that is in us? How do we be more aware of it? How do we allow it to do the work that it needs to do? Well, first of all, 2 Timothy 1, 6 Timothy, he's encouraging Timothy again. We've, we've, gone, we've had this verse the last you know, few weeks, but therefore I remind you to fan into flame, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or worry or impatience or anxiety. No, but of power and of love. Now watch this. Sound mind. Calm, self-controlled mind. Saying God has given you a spirit that will produce a calm and self-controlled mind, which will then in turn produce long suffering. That's what the spirit of God has placed in you. He has given us the capacity through his spirit to have thoughts that will create a calm, self-controlled mind. When things are difficult or when there is a delay, but God's delay is never a delay. It's perfect timing. We have to trust him with that. But this will help strengthen and guard our thoughts from doing something we shouldn't do, from reverting back to old ways, to, to doing whatever it is that we do to feel comfortable and in control again, or who knows. But the root sometimes, a lot of times, is impatience, long-suffering. Now, Let's go back to Colossians. Let's read this again. Colossians 1.9. Let's really hear what he's saying now. For this reason, 
also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with what? Knowledge. Not just head knowledge, but the knowledge that comes from head and moves to heart that the Spirit reveals and it becomes part of your DNA and you know it. You just know that you know it. And all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, that, why? Well, that is going to tell you. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power through Holy, His Holy Spirit, for all patience and long suffering. Wow! If you put two and two together here, the revelation of the knowledge, the knowledge of God, but revealed through His Spirit, is where we strengthen the long suffering that leads to productive patience. He says it twice: knowledge, 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 and not just studying knowledge. Like, okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna revert back. You know, okay, I'm gonna hermeneutics and do all this. Okay, great. I can see that Hebrew root word, Greek. Okay, nice. That word means this. Swell. But it does nothing to protect your mind, right? It has to be spiritual in nature. At some level, it has to be this thing. Okay, I'm going to, this is, this is who God is. This is who God is. This is, so I have to try. He's good, right? It's, it's like the knowledge is the revelation of his truth. It's life, right? There's promises in his word. It gives us insight and knowledge as to who he is and his character and what grace means. It's all these things that we can wrestle and battle when we are in a place of delay and impatience and growing more and more anxious and worried and fear, whatever it is. Growing in the knowledge of our God is how we fan into flame the long-suffering. We don't, I can't speak for all of us. The tendency is that we don't spend enough time, especially when we're in times of delay, especially when we're in times of getting anxious and restless and impatient. Sometimes it's hard to sit down and focus because our mind is what? Racing, right? Who all of a sudden goes to sleep and then your mind opens up, but it's never good stuff. It's not like your mind wakes you up and says, I got some good news for you. So good is going to keep you up all night. <laughs> no, it's like you're going to die. <sighs> Everyone's going to hate you. You're going to lose everything. And come on. I wish I could just be woken up. Maybe some of you have. <laughs> but usually I'm like, Ugh. now, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Now, 2 Peter 1 2. Let's start with an amazing promise. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given, has given to us all things that pertain to misery and worry. Life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. All you need to stay steady and in the will of God 
to stay within a place of life and hope. God has placed in you everything you need. He has given us. He has given us his word, right? He has given us his Holy Spirit, which reveals the truth in a way that changes you. Everything you need to not be an Israelite, everything you need to avoid making a golden calf, everything you need to stay steady, even when it is hard, 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 right? God has given us everything we need to grow us closer, to draw us closer to the knowledge of him, which the spirit within us testifies to. Now, who would like to know how, how do we do this more? It's great, Russ. <laughs> Just read. Well, that's part of it. I don't know about you, but I could read through three pages and go, what did I read? How can I read but yet be thinking of something else at the same time? Is that a gift? No, it's not. I mean, seriously, have you ever gotten through a paragraph and go, I just completely went somewhere else, but yet I just read the last word? Come on. I think I'm just preaching to myself because my brain is nuts. I need someone. All right, Paul helps us out here. First of all, he says, be anxious for nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's easy. It's like, it, to me, it's like, don't eat. Don't get hungry. Okay. <laughs> Stop drinking water. Don't hydrate. Be anxious for nothing. But, but, I love that, in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Hmm. Do you think he was just making this a, I got to give him something? No. He says, instead of doing the things anxiousness makes you want to do, do the opposite. Place those thoughts in the right place. Thank Place those worries in the right place. Continue to do that through prayer, supplication, prayers of asking, prayers of worship. With thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Because that is forcing yourself to say, you're a good God. You're a good God. Thank you for all that you've done. I know you are good. Even though things are hard, you are good. You are good. I thank you that I am your child. I thank you that you are with me, right? It's like Thanksgiving is the opposite of what you want to do when you're like, ah! He's like, you battle that. This is how you do it. And he goes, now, and then the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, meaning your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ's Jesus. This word actually means a, for a military guard around the city to prevent invasion. I mean, this was a real guarding from hostile enemies. He's like, this is what the Spirit of God will do as you are obedient to do these things when things are rough, when you might be growing impatient because you're feel, fearful, whatever it is. He goes, if you do this, the peace of God will guard 
See, the Israelites weren't guarded. They did not have the Holy Spirit within them, and their voice was gone, so there wasn't any real instruction. So they were left to their own faculties, and we see what happened there. So, this is what we need to do if we want to grow, right? Is it easy? Well, no, it's not easy, but it fuels and fans into flame the Spirit instead of Quench it. Now, this is one thing. Often, and I'll pray sometime, like, Lord, I want you to provide peace for all of us, right? Guard our hearts. And I'll always pray that. But what this says is that you kind of need to do it yourself. I can only do so much. But it's your own willingness and act of will to pray with thanksgiving that can produce peace in the moments that I can't be there with you. you know, I can't be there with you. See, this is a discipline. This is a healthy discipline, but this is something that we have at our disposal that is incredible. And then he goes, okay, if that's not enough, here, I'm going to give you a little more help. Just a little more. He's like, okay, well, finally, brethren, well, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Fill your mind with these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. I mean, we don't have time to get into all of that, but do you kind of see what he is doing? He is saying, your mind's going to be active, Right? Especially if you're impatient and starting to worry and starting to blah, 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 right? Your brain is going to be focused on something. I mean, come on. It will be. He's like, so this is what you do. Well, is there anything praiseworthy? Would you say no matter what is happening in your life, there's something praiseworthy? Like, maybe what's one big thing? Uh, yeah, and? Oh, wow, that. That follows you everywhere. That promises a whole lot, right? That reminds you of who you are. That reminds you of a good God. That reminds you that he is all-knowing and his timing is perfect. And then you can begin to dwell in the things that are true about him, that are noble, just, right, pure. You see, you're starting, this, I mean, this is hard because fear is a powerful instrument. Anxiety is a powerful instrument. Worry, anger, whatever. But man, long-suffering is produced by thoughts like this. And then the Spirit helps confirm those and gives you more. That's neat. So, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm just an impatient person. Stop saying that, Russ. Because that's just accepting something that God's not accepting. Right? And I know we can joke about it, but I mean, it's not a, I mean, if I'm doing it in one place, like, I'm pretty sure I might be doing it. In, so that's a season where I'm working on patience. I mean, you're with me in this one. <laughs> Man, we tried, to deck, we tried to hang some stuff the other night because I'm so like, <laughs> I mean, it's crooked. There's holes in the wall. I mean, it's just, and then you take the picture down and you can see where I hung this six years ago because there's 28 holes all over the place. It's because who has time to measure? It's, it's I'm going to eyeball it. <laughs> And she's just like, Russ. <laughs> but again, don't accept the things that you shouldn't accept. Right? Work on it. 
Because there's active patience that you can do without the Holy Spirit that gives you time to develop a long-suffering mind. Right? So one may come before the other. One may choose to stay in the traffic instead of getting off in an exit and trying to find my way another way, which takes another seven hours instead of the 15 minutes. You see, I know what I'm doing. Stay in the lane. Let's stay in the lane. Stay in the lane. And it may be hard and it may be difficult. It's all right. That's when you need patience the most. That's when you need long-suffering the most, right? So is our God faithful? Is, it, is his word alive and active? Yes. So you've got to believe when you take time to ingest it and to fill your mind with it, it's going to do something. And it's going to fan into flame the spirit of God within you and produce a patience that is beyond your like, you're like, well, how am I doing this? I should be feeling this thing, but I'm not. Then you're open to whatever God might have you do, Right? So, enjoy this one this week. But hopefully it hit and we get to come together on Saturday and just worship the Lord and allow again the praises, our praises to what? It guards your mind, right? That's why we can leave church feeling really good. But maybe a few hours later, you're like, where did it go? <laughs> It's continual, right? So that's an, another plug for Saturday. But Lord, thank you. We thank you and we praise you, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are long-suffering and you are faithful and you are patient and that your patience is that none should perish, that all should find salvation. And Lord, we know that your timing is perfect Lord, we know that you can work all things together, even the difficult things, even our mistakes. Lord, you can work together if we allow you to lead. So, Lord, I do pray for all of us that our minds can be guarded this week, that we can be determined to fuel our minds more, our hearts more with truth, that we can actively praise you and thank you and request of you and to submit our worries and needs to you. But that ultimately we can be guarded and to know your truth, to know your goodness, and to be able to be still and know that you are God and that you will lead us and you are faithful. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.